it brought one of our favorite 2D worlds into the realm of 3D. With it, we were dropped into the middle of a vast world, full to the brim, with a colorful cast of characters that hid secrets in every nook and cranny. The core mechanics of its gameplay are still commonplace 22 years later, and its soundtrack? Well, it's hard to find somebody that doesn't recognize its haunting melodies after all these years. There are few games that can call themselves the best game of all time, but they always seem to get dethroned at some point. Not this one. On the user aggregate site Metacritic, after 22 years, it still ranks as the number one rated game of all time. On other lists of the best games of all time, it's pretty close. Number 3. Number 39. Number 29. Number 25. Everywhere you look, this game is in the conversation. 1998's Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is certainly looked at as one of the best games of all time. But what makes it so? And does everybody love it? We're going to be discussing this and more as we take today's trip down memory card lane. afternoon and good evening. I hope that these words find you well. We are here, gathered, and ready for the 13th episode of our Video Game Nostalgia podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane. If you're new to our listening audience, each week we take a look back at an important release during This Week in Gaming History, and we either talk about the game or we just make up topics around it. That's it. We're basic bitches here. Nothing special. As always, I'm joined by my own annoying little fairy that always tells me to look for no reason. My brother, Rob Casson. Rob, what's going on, man? Did you just call me a fairy motherfucker? <laughs> Hold the fuck up. I might be annoying, but I am not. God. I mean, no, no offense to those that are, but no. I mean, you at least hey. could have just specified a little Navi. Hey, well, do you know what Navi is short for? Navigation? Well, yeah, because originally there was going to be the ferry navigation system, so they shortened it to Navi. Hey, look, look. I haven't played this in a long time. Is that pretty accurate? You you have, right? I have been working on a playthrough recently, yes. And yeah. uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're pretty close, yeah. Hey, hey, look. What else is Listen. it? Listen, that's it. <laughs> There's one thing I do remember from playing this. It's Navi. Navi, well, Navi, Dave, Navi. for those of the listeners who don't know who Navi is, or, you know, maybe we're pronouncing it very wrong and people are really confused, why don't we introduce the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, November 23rd, 1998. Long, long time ago. How long is that? 22 years? 20, uh, I don't know. Isn't it really 22 years? Yeah. Yeah, that is. 22 years of yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, that it is. At the time of recording. 22 years. Fantasy, action, adventure, third person, game, The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Well, this one's a doozy, eh? That it is, Dave. This is a uh, game that's both loved and hated by many. I I, I know, man. I I feel like we're going to... We're we're not going to win with this one. We're either going to make a lot of people happy or piss a lot of people off, or, or probably both at the same time. I, I it, it's gonna it's gonna be so. 
So, you know, let's always, let's introduce the game. Let's talk about some of its uh, main gameplay elements. So, open world. We've, we've discussed open worlds before. We talked about that topic with Just Cause. Do you consider this an open world game, Rob? I've, <clears throat> in the term of the sense, it is open world. You can choose where to go. And, you know, although I've always kind of followed a specific, the game kind of forces you into a very linear playing so you do have some small offshoot things you can go and do, and if you wanted to go and do like the collectibles and stuff, yeah, it's sort of open world, but I still feel that it's just a large map that you have to go to different places to get to. Yeah, Not but so much that quest, it's... that side quest aspect that when normally when we talk about open world, we're thinking the large choose your own adventure style. But but this this has got the central hub, which just kind of leads to everything, and I guess that's. That's the open world. You know, we'll talk about it a little bit, but I guess I guess it gets a little muddy with the temples and the time and everything. But you do have that nice big central. Okay, this game came out I think a year or two after Mario sixty Super Mario sixty four, and I think that it's open world in a lot of the way Mario sixty four is open world in that you have a central hub but you jump through paintings to get to the other zones. I kind of think of this as the same way, how you have the central hub, which is the, the Hyrule castle field, everything, and then you have all the little things around it. Does that make sense? Is my memory serving me correctly? <clears throat> You're Not saying... Really. No, uh, I, I'm just... So this game, more of... Ah, uh, sorry, hold on one second. I just want to look at the map. So this isn't centralized around Hyrule Castle. Uh, it's... The entirety of the map is centraled around Hyrule Field, which within Hyrule Field, you do have enemies and you have the Lon Lon Ranch, which is important in the second when you're an adult as you're trying to get Epona. But from Hyrule Field, there's really not much you can do in there. It's just that is your central hub that you're speaking of where you can get to Lake Hylia or Gerudo Valley or uh, the Washwood and Kokiria yeah. Forest yeah. and Kaka yeah. Kakariko. And then castle town which contains hyrule castle yeah yeah that's right you know the gerudos and the death mountain trail up to death mountain yeah yeah i i yeah i can see that you know i get open world i guess fair it's an open world game uh, small. yeah we'll call it open world it's not the first open world but it's probably we could probably argue that it's one of the most influential of the 3d generation I think that this one and Grand Theft Auto 3, 3 was the first 3D Grand Theft Auto, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. If that's Vice City, yes it is. No, was Vice City the first 3D one? Oh, 3D, sorry. I was yeah. back on the open world. Sorry, yes, well, Grand Theft Auto 2. I'm trying to think back to open world, you know, games that were influential in open world and then 3D. You know, we kind of talked about, like, we talked about open world in the past, but I think that arguably this one and that and Grand Theft Auto 3 were two of the most influential for bringing open world games into into the 3D generation. So, yes, GTA 3 is correct. There were a lot of other things that this game did very, very well. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that everyone was worried about when an action adventure game came to 3D was the camera and and how the camera would interact when you're doing things. So this game had Z targeting, which I, you played through it on the 3DS remake, correct? 
I as I have also played it on the original on but but you're cur- you're currently currently on, yes. So that's the L targeting system for you, is it not? Doesn't that isn't didn't they move it to the L button for the remake? Uh, that might be why I'm having issues pressing it all the time because my L button is messed up on this one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they moved the targeting to the L button on the remake. But the, basically the targeting was when you press the button for targeting Z or L, Link, the main character, focuses on one specific enemy and the camera fixes on it. So it, it was a way that they they tried to work around the awkwardness of 3D by making it not so 3D when you fought. Does that right? I, I that's a good way to assume, it, isn't it? Uh, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So you have, you know, it does still have some. You don't really have very much Z axis movement in your fights. There are some enemies that are above you. Um, the Skulltulas that drop down from above, or uh, Varia, whatever the whatever the dragon is that you fight in uh, Death Mountain, or obviously you're fighting the painting paintings. So you do have. Some that are in the Z-axis, but a lot of it you do feel is more on the linear planes. You're only focusing on two direction. One of the other things that uh, Ocarina of Time did, did it's, it's one of the first games that did it, to be honest, is context-sensitive buttons. So instead of assigning a ton of different gameplay, a ton of different things that need to be achieved during gameplay to different buttons, you had context-sensitive buttons. So, example, the A button... When you're standing next to a box, just standing next to it, the A button climbs up the box. When you're pushing towards the box, the a, w- yeah, when you're moving towards the box, the A button pushes the box. It was basically a way to map a bunch of different things to the same button, so you didn't have to overly complicate it by having two separate buttons for climbing and pushing when they would never happen at the same time. It's ingenious, really, and it's commonplace nowadays. But at the time, that was that was a pure innovation that was that was that it was just period pure innovation i don't know what else to say context sense the buttons are a thing you know absolutely and you know mario did have it at the same time but we're talking two most revolutionary games in all of gaming well i shouldn't say all of gaming but two very influential games throughout the history of gaming and you know even if zelda was slightly behind mario it still did a phenomenal job of pushing that narrative with the big map, we got horse riding. You mentioned Epona already. That was the first appearance of Link's horse, Epona. So that was that was something something different. That it was. And then, of course, you have its namesake, the Ocarina of Time. You know, both time and music play a vital role in this game, do they not? Absolutely, they do. You know, we'll talk a little bit about... Well, we'll talk more about it as we go on. Let's let's go into the plot. Let's jump right into the plot. Rob, without getting into the Ocarina of Time, we'll get right into the Ocarina of Time. The plot for most of the Zelda games is is all the same, correct? Very similar. I haven't played all of them, but all the ones that I have played, pretty much the same story plot. So I'm guessing they all are the same. I mean, there's some variation. I mean, I could... Uh, there, there's some variation here and there that we can discuss, but why don't you tell our listeners, boil the plot down to its most basic essence. What is the basic idea of every single Legend of Zelda game? So the the normal storyline of Zelda, for those that don't know, is that it centers around a princess named Zelda, a young or older yep. man named Link, and a villain by the name of Ganon. 
Link is always the same person reincarnated. Zelda is the reincarnation of the goddess Helia. <clears throat> and Ganon is an evil warlord who has turned demon. So the basis of the game is that Ganon is trying to take over the world and either imprisons or is kidnapping or is fighting with Zelda. And Link has to come and save the day. And no, that's tight. it. That's it. That's all of them. I, I will tell you, I forgot some things when I was doing my research for this. I forgot that Ganon was a Gerudo. You know, uh, the last Zelda, I think most of us have played. Uh, you know, some of us may have done Link's Awakening, but prior to that, we had Breath of the Wild, right? I mean, you played Breath of the Wild. Yep. And in Breath of the Wild, the only time that you interact with the Gerudo are, you know, Gerudo Town, which is a town full of women, correct? Correct. And I completely forgot that Ganon was a Gerudo. And it's just been so long since they've come together. I forgot that Gerudo are a desert clan of women. But once every hundred years, there's one man born to the clan. And right in in most of our storyline, that is that's Ganon. He is Ganon in his demon form, but Ganondorf in his Gerudo form, depending on the game you're playing, which is kind of kind of interesting. Rob, you said that you have not played all the Zeldas, correct? Correct. Do you know much about the entire timeline of Zelda, where games fall here or there, or how it all comes together? I do know that there are multiple timelines within the different games, although I don't know well enough which games belong to which timeline and in which place. This is one of my favorite things about The Legend of Zelda, and, and I will totally admit i have played almost all of them i think there's excuse me one that i haven't ocarina of time sits at a very interesting point in the chronology of the entirety of the zelda series so you are correct there are different timelines ocarina of time is before all of the zelda games that 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 we know of that made the series famous like the original legend of zelda and legend of zelda 2 and link's awakening that we just talked about and breath of the wild ocarina of time sits between before all of it right and all of that basically ocarina of time is where the timeline splits okay there mm. is there are two different branches after ocarina of time there's one in which the hero is defeated at the end of Ocarina of Time. So at the end of this game, Ganon prevails. And in the timeline where Ganon prevails, you have the original Legend of Zelda, its sequel Link to the Past, Link's Awakening, and Link Between Worlds, right? On the other hand, you have a whole series of games that take place if Link is, su is successful and defeats Ganon at the end of Ocarina of Time. So for instance... He is reincarnated as a child as a after being victorious in uh, Majora's Mask, which was the you know the the sequel kind of to Ocarina of Time, the one made after it, and then the Twilight Princess, which was the gay or Wii Twilight Princess was the first Wii Zelda, was it not? Uh, either that or Wind Waker, I forget. Oh, I forgot about Wind Waker. Yeah. Wind Waker might have been uh, released on the uh, GameCube originally, though. I think. I think. Um, and then, at, and then after, if Ocarina Time, where Link is victorious, he is re reincarnated as an adult for Wind Waker and Phantom Hourglass. And then the latest one, Breath of the Wild, takes place chronologically after all of this. Uh, it's it's the most recent reincarnation of Link, who gets to he gets to fight Ganon over and over and over. 
And then you have some games that come before it, like, oh man, why can't I remember any of the names? The hat one. And then the one where you find out Ganon is actually Demise, the demon. I can't, that's the first one in the series, and I can't remember. The Legend of Zelda? And the Legend no, of Zelda 2? No, 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 no. They're the little GameCube ones. Um, I can't remember them for the life of me. The ones that come before it. There's three games that come before Ocarina of Time, officially. Adventure of Link. Um, nope. Oracle of Ages. Oracle of Seasons. Four Swords. Four Swords is one of them, I believe. The Minish Cap. The Minish Cap. See, I said hat. The Minish Cap is the earliest one, isn't it? Uh, that I don't know. I'm just looking at the chronological release or the release schedules. Oh, it has nothing to do with release schedules. I'm I'm talking about... No, chronologically, uh, I know. Sky, Skyward Sword. Isn't Skyward Sword one of the early ones, too? Skyward Sword, the Minish Cap, and the Four Swords come before Ocarina of Time. That's it. Skyward Sword's the first one. So, gotcha. And then, yeah. Anyway, that's where the Demon King Demise... Skyward Sword is where Demise comes from. And then Demise gets reincarnated as Ganon. It's really fascinating that they found a way to bring this all together, honestly. It's really fascinating, actually. Yeah, it is. I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's it, it's really, you know, you have all these games where essentially Link is living the same story over and over and over, just in, in various places at various times type deal. And it's, it's, it's kind of cool. And I mean, honestly, the story of Ocarina of Time plays into the fact that there could still be two different timelines, you know, without giving the end away. It's kind of done in a way where it, it it can be ambiguous. Like you can you can see through the ending how it can fall either way. So, but that's way ahead of where we are. So let's talk about the plot of Ocarina of Time itself. So we start out the episode making fun of Navi, and that is where Ocarina of Time begins, does it not, Rob? That it does. You how begin far with being woken up from a nightmare? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a nightmare. So time to wake up, Dave. How far into your current playthrough are you? I have just reached the dreaded water temple. Oh, man. So you're kind of smack dab in the middle of the second act, I guess. That I am, yes. So so let's talk. So you've gotten through the first act um, before the, the time element, I guess. Tell me a little bit about the, the plot up until that point. So as Dave said, the story begins with Link being woken by Navi and having to visit the Great Deku Tree. Uh, there, the Stone of the Forest is given to Link, and he's told to go to Hyrule Castle to speak with the princess. And as we mentioned before, this is Princess Zelda. So Zelda tells Link that Ganondorf is searching for the Triforce, which, for those who aren't familiar with the system, is the culmination of the three triangles stacked in such a way that there are four triangles or one large triangle. It's reason they call it Triforce is the triangle comprised of the three. Um, and it's supposed to be, it's supposed to give him godlike powers. What are the so, three pieces, do you remember? Oh, power, wisdom, and courage? Maybe? Yeah, you got it. Good job. Look at me go. I know. I'm really proud. I don't know if I could have done that off the top of my head, to be honest with you, because it's not, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of Zelda games that talk about specific pieces, because you don't you don't actually find all three in them. Like there's, you know, the first. I think you're only game. ever given one. Yeah. At a time. Ex yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You got it. You got it. Uh, oh, and the you know because 
if I'm not mistaken, isn't the Triforce of Power the one Ganon ends up with a lot? I yeah. that I'm not sure of, honestly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. But anyway, so obviously the intent of the game as Link is to prevent Ganondorf from getting the Triforce. So Zelda sends you on a quest to seek out the additional spiritual stones. Uh, doing this, you are to meet with the sages of each of these temples, and the sages are the ones who would present to you these stones to open what is called the Sacred Realm, which contains the Master Sword, which is the sword that can defeat Ganon. So while you are trying to get to the Sacred Realm, Zelda is taken away by Ganon, and Triforce is stolen. Yeah. So Link is then sealed within the temple that they were all at this entrance to the sacred realm until he was old enough to wield the master sword to be able to defeat Ganon as he was the reincarnated hero who was the only one who could wield the master sword and do so. And this takes place. He's sealed away for seven years. And within those seven years, Ganondorf has taken over Hyrule. That sounds about it. Always a time when Gan takes over. Uh, I went back for a second. Side note, it was the power. In the original Legend of Zelda, the two pieces that are introduced in the game are the Triforce of Power and the Triforce of Wisdom. So, Gotcha. So, Link is sealed away for seven years uh, until he's old enough to wield the Master Sword and defeat Ganon, right? Right. And that leads us to the second act of Ocarina of Time. And the hero of time, a tale as old of time, as old of time, a tale as old as time. <laughs> I named the episode that I like it. And then I'm going to, you know, start singing Disney tunes, I guess. I want to talk a little bit about the second act, because arguably the temples are the temples are a Legend of Zelda staple. They were dungeons in the first game, and then they be, they became temples, right? So if if you're at the water temple, you've been through forest, fire, and ice, correct? Correct. Yes. So the forest temple remind well, me. Actually, I don't believe I've done ice yet. I believe on mine, I I did forest, fire, and then and went then... to water. No, I'm I'm, I think I'm in the ice now. No. Anyway, let's just say that I did. I'm on the water temple because that's the most one I remember right now. The forest temple is kind of the first time in the game that you get introduced to a dungeon is that right um I, are there dungeons in the first act i think you just go around collecting first, masks and stuff in the first act you do enter into the mouth of or the not the mouth the intestines of lord jabu jabu in zora's oh, domain that's right Gabba, and that gabu gabin jabu jabu gabin gabin something like yeah, that gabu gabu jabu gabu gabu yeah, I, I forget, know. but yeah, so anyway, that's that's kind of the first look into a dungeon with the different entrances and different enemies, uh, sort of puzzles you have to unlock as you're escorting the princess of Zora, Princess Rudo. <clears throat> so you do have the escort missions with Princess Rudo, where quite literally you're carrying her through the inside of this lord and and trying to get her out as she's trying to find the the i guess engagement ring of the zora which she then gives to link so you know it's actually kind of cool for those that have played breath of the wild there is a mention of the hillian who was to marry princess rudo and 
in this well, game. I mean, in Breath of the Wild, you have a direct inspiration in Divine Beast Varuda, Varuda who, whose name was directly inspired from Ruda. So. Well, right, but Ruda is mentioned in there that there was a young Hillian that the she had made a set of the tunics for that they fit that person specifically that was to be her husband yes and yeah in this game it's said that whoever is receiving the zora jewels from the princess is it's basically the engagement ring so that is the person to whom she is to marry yeah that is true zora's engagement ring one of the three spiritual stones correct so tell me about the forest temple i i i big the boss at the end of the forest temple what is it I'm trying to remember the forest temple boss is the evil spirit phantom ganon so that is your first battle with ganon it is basically an homage to a super mario 64 because ganon is riding atop a horse and coming in and out of paintings really yes huh it has been a long time since I've played this game. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Yeah, I don't remember that. That's cool. In and out of paintings, <laughs> you said, huh? That is correct, yes. Alright, alright, alright. Whoa, what came after that one? I, you know what I remember about the Forest Temple? I remember having to climb up all those vines in that part of that temple, having to climb up the vines all the time. Mm-hmm. And, ah, uh, no, that's mostly it. Going up there. I don't know, man. What else is in there? Anything else? Anything else that sticks out? Phantom Ganon. And now you hit him with the bow as he comes in and out of in and out of paintings. That's right. Yep. Man, that's cool. And it is. It's a total throw. It's like they borrowed it from they borrowed it from from Mario sixty four. You're absolutely right about that. It's things you don't think about. You know, it's been years since I played it, and that's that. You're right. It's a direct correlation. All right, so you did the fire one next. Yep. So after that is the fire temple. Uh, what you know. what sticks out? What sticks out for you with the fire one? Uh, having to jump over a lava. You know, it seems a lot more dangerous than just a drop because you have to worry about taking fire and then having to utilize fire throughout the temple, such as shooting through a fire to unlock a door. Um, and then obviously the boss, which is a dragon. Yeah, the uh, fire, the fire uh, dragon, the worm, Volvagia, something. That's, like yeah, that. yeah, lava dragon. And that, yeah, that is, was... you know, very. In- and for me, this is kind of what sparked my love of dragons. This boss was so influential to me that my was kind of my inspiration behind my love of dragons. And then you get the Just hammer such a cool battle. Right? And get the hammer, yes. With the Gorons. I love the Gorons. Who doesn't love the Gorons? They're so simple. Oh, they're Just great. Smash. Roll around. After this in your playthrough, you're doing the Ice Cavern, so you're in Zora's Domain at this point? I'm in Zora's Domain. I'm in the Ice Cavern. Gotcha. So, But you haven't with... finished it yet. Correct. So you're just breaking up icicles. You know, this one had the puzzles with the ice blocks that would slide around the place, and you had to slide them a specific way. Isn't that right? That is correct. Well, then you haven't even gotten to the water temple yet. On this playthrough, no, but, uh, you know, that one is such a thorn in my side that it's not hard to forget. You know, I'll never forget the water temple. 
Water Temple, for those of you that don't know, is notoriously one of the hardest dungeons of all time. Uh, anytime there's a, a list of of that, of of you know, top ten hardest game dungeons or stuff like that, uh, Water Temple always always finds its way on it. I don't remember. I don't know why, but for me, it's not. I don't remember struggling that bad with the Water Temple. I'm not gonna say it was easy. But I just don't remember struggling so bad to where it's it's that high on the list for me. I remember thinking it was super cool. You know, you have the iron boots to to make yourself sink. And then, I don't know, man. You have the iron boots and blowing up walls. And you get the long shot in the water temple. And, and the room of illusions, right? I remember that. Do you remember the room of illusions? Yes. That... And then, you know, in the Room of Illusions, you find Dark Link, which is very cool. Uh, I believe, wasn't it called Shadow Link? Uh, or is that a different game? No, I mean, I guess you could go either way. Shadow Link, Dark Link. I don't think it matters. I'm sure it does matter to some fans. I'm sorry, fans, that we don't remember exactly I'm pretty sure it's Shadow Link. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. And then Water Temple's boss was the giant octopus tentacle-ish thingy. Right. Uh, Water Temple's boss was uh, Morpha, which was uh, an amoeba, but kind of a tentacle-like thing, yes. I think it's more like Zelda Cthulhu, but that's just me. I mean, it it is the giant aquatic amoeba Morpha. Yeah, so, I don't know. After that, you've got the Shadow Temple, you've got the Spirit Temple, and, and then you find your way back at Ganon's Castle. You know, it was a... I mean, how long is an Ocarina of Time playthrough... Do you remember? Uh, are we talking speed runs or are we talking casual? What's the speed run? Have you looked that up in your research? Uh, that is a very loaded question because you oh, have either a glitchless yeah. run uh, or like a legit run. Good if we're Lord. talking a legit run, I believe it's like three hours. And it well, looks last like, I checked. And it looks like the average play time is between 25 and 30 hours. Uh, I was going to say, I, I would actually have thought it was down about 10 to 15, but. Yeah, it looks like completionist is 39 hours, but main storyline is 27. Average is 30 and a half hours. Um, average is gotcha. 30 and a half hours. So, so the God. as of January 16th, the glitchless record, according to speedrun.com, was 3 hours, 40 minutes, and 49 seconds. Hmm. Interesting. I you know it's funny to think this is only thirty hours. Thirty hours is such a small investment to a game these days, and this game felt so much bigger when we were little. I get well, at least for me, when I was little, it felt like such a big game. But in the scheme of things, it's a pretty average game, I guess. I I don't know. I you know what though? It's unfair of me to compare it because right now I'm comparing it to Breath of the Wild, was which was literally hundreds of hours for many of us. So. Um, yeah, that's a pretty bold comparison. <laughs> but I but I think in the way that Ocarina of Time was a defining moment for, you know, 3D open world games back in 98, I think Breath of the Wild was was one of the more recent ones that did the same thing. It sure as hell brought Zelda into the 21st century or whatever whatever time we're in right now. You get through the temples, we defeat Ganon, we're back at the end of the game, and we find ourselves at the timeline split kind of a perfect uh perfect circle and we can either go to where we lost ganon and we go back to the original legend of zelda excuse me or we go back to where we beat ganon and we can go to all the other games 
either way, it all leads us to where we are now. You know, that's the kind of part that sucks about split timelines like this. Does it really matter? Because now we're in the Breath of Wild timeline. Like, who cares? Ocarina time win, Ocarina time lose, adult win, adult or child win. All of it led to the same place. That's that's the crappy part about split timelines, if you ask me. If split timelines all converge in a single place, what difference does it matter? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I guess if you just wanted to see the two ways that it could have played out after that game, it's a cool idea. But, you know, you do end up at the same point. But it's kind of interesting to see the different ways that you reach that point. That's true. I will give you that. I guess I guess I'm looking at it through cause and effect. You know, it doesn't matter which way you got there. Breath of the if we're if we're going to if we're going to consider the fact that right here and now is Breath of the Wild. Nothing about Ocarina of Time or the games that it's the timelines that split up meant anything. We're always going to end up in a place where Ganon, you know, has taken over, has defeated the taken over the Divine Beasts and taken over Hyrule and, and led us to Breath of the Wild. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which I, I don't know. So here we are, Ocarina of Time, a tale as old as time. It is currently the top-ranked game on Metacritic. On other sites, it's number three, number twenty-five, number twenty-nine, number thirty-six. So it's it's definitely there in the conversations of best games of all time. We've been having that conversation with a lot of games lately, right? I think the last two or three episodes, it's, hey, this one's on the list of best games of all time. But this one literally is ranks number one on Metacritic, which is arguably an aggregate site that collects a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Do you think it belongs there, Rob? It's definitely hard to say number one. I mean, that's a decision made many, many people. But I definitely feel that it is worthy. It, it did a phenomenal job. And... Even today, this this game still holds up really well. I mean, yes, you have the people who dissent from this opinion, and yeah, arguments are valid. But to a lot of people, and you know, this is your opinion. No, it's it's based on my experience. It's it's, <laughs> it's where you're basing something on the fact that it's happened. You're fam- like something that's happened to you. Anywho, you know, in my from me and everyone that I've talk to about this game and or played this game with everyone still loves it to this day even whether it's the original nintendo 64 version or the nintendo 3ds version or even an emulator version it's a fun game to go back and play through and to relive your childhood and maybe you didn't play it as a child you might not find it as fun that's perfectly valid but the nostalgia factor is so huge for so many because this was the first look into so many different aspects of current gaming. And we talked about all of them at the beginning of the episode. When you think of games before this, with the exception of Mario 64, a lot of them were not this advanced, this developed. And just to be able to go back and play a game that was pivotal in the evolution of gaming is just something that hits different. And I think that between this and Super Mario 64, both of them are definitely contenders. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't hear from what the people think. As normal, I have collected a number of reviews that both praise and criticize this game. So let's take a look at those. 
Rob, if you'd be so kind, I sent you one of the first reviews that praises this game. Let's hear from Doodler Man on Metacritic. What does he have to say? Doodler Man has to say that I'm one of those people who think that this is the greatest game of all time, no matter what quality games are out now or will ever be out. This is just playing the best game I've ever played. Why? Partly because it was the first good game I've actually played. When I first got a Nintendo 64, I was considerably young, and yet every game I played I thought was absolutely horrible. All I had were simple objective games, and as a child I thought they were hard and pointless. Then one day, Ocarina of Time was brought home, and I at first refused to play it. So I watched my father play it for a while, and straight away it was something entirely new and different. Also at the time, it was the most real, to me at least. What brought me in was the ability to actually explore and get to know people, even if the people you talked to all repeated the same things over and over, no matter how many times you talked to them. It didn't matter. This game was something new and exciting to me, and to this day I get this good old nostalgic feeling whenever I play it. It is one of the greatest stories of all time for a video game, and was one of the first to create its own sort of universe, and it was one of the first 3D environment games where you can see in all 360 degrees, after Mario 64, that is. Plus, to this day, people are still discovering new secrets to the game, and so many in-depth theories arise from this title alone based upon this game that keeps it interesting. The characters feel like characters, and the visuals are some of the most cinematic of its time. The gameplay is also very fun, which of course is one of the most important things, and there are very involving puzzles that are simple enough in appearance, but very complex when you get down to it. There's so much that I could say about this game, but sometimes even looking back, I'm at a loss of words at how awesome this game is. Interesting. 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 One of the greatest stories of all time for a video game. Care to, care to chime in on that one, Rob? I definitely think that it is a phenomenal story. I mean, granted, the story gets repeated over every title that they've made. However, think about how it's done. Think about, does that ever get old? You're doing the same thing, but... Yeah, but in this one, you're kind of playing both at the same time. like. I don't know. When you go through that time shift of seven years, and you could use the ocarina to go back and forth. You're kind of playing both at the same time. Does does that make sense? Uh, no, no. I don't know. I think I, I like split timelines. I guess is the point. I, I kind of ah. feel like you're. I kind of feel like you're playing young Link and adult Link at the same time, which kind of fascinates me. The concept of it fascinates me. Yes, that is absolutely something that this title strikes out completely different from the rest of them. But, I mean, it created a, a phenomenal series of games that, even though it's the same thing over and over, and we talked that it's Link saving Zelda and all of Hyrule from Ganon, and it's done over and over, but the ways that they come up with it, the storyline, they the, the develop the story around that plot line is always done fantastically well. And it all started with this game with yeah, in 3D. It, no, it did. But you... Let's think about the 2D Zelda titles. What titles came out for us before Ocarina of Time? All right. So the way that it started. Legend of Zelda. The... Yep, yep. And then Legend of Zelda 2 Adventures of Link. The Adventures of Link. And then A Link to the Past. A Link to the Past Super Nintendo version. Yep. Link's, Link's Awakening. Awakening. Link's Awakening. Okay. And that's is there one in, one after that before Ocarina? That's what I can't uh, remember. There's the Faces of Evil Wand of Gamelan, which mm-hmm. yeah, is that Ocarina Times the next major title, right? Yes. 
Okay, so let's talk about that for a second. We have Legend of Zelda, we have Adventures of Link, we have Link's Past, and we have Link's Awakening. And if I'm not mistaken, all those games are based around Link having to find the Triforce to save Hyrule. Am I, am I wrong in that? I'm not wrong mm-hmm. for Zelda, I'm not wrong for Adventures of Link, and I'm not wrong for Link's A Link to the Past. Link's Awakening is the one I can't remember off the top of my head. I haven't played the remake yet, but I don't think I'm wrong. That's one I haven't played, so I could not tell you. Okay. My point but actually is, reading it, it looks like neither Zelda nor the Triforce make an appearance in that one. Yes. Okay. So that's my point. I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, we we talk about this story where, where you know, it's the Zelda series. And realistically, the whole point is to save Zelda, which, I mean, he does in the first one, Legend of Zelda, I, you know, whatever. But I think that this is the first game that brought Zelda that made Zelda a person and, and up the stakes by making it about her. I mean, don't get me wrong, we were collecting pieces of Triforce to save her in the first couple, but I really feel that when you come into this and you meet her and then you have the scene that that at the, at the end of the act, right, where she is on the horse with Impa and they're running away and Ganon's chasing them, and that's when you get taken out and put into stasis. I, I think... I really think that that is a moment in which Zelda becomes becomes what everything is about. I, I, I don't know if, for me at least, I don't think that we genuinely had that until this moment. From the story standpoint, that took the Legend of Zelda series into a whole new place. In this review, we talk about characters, right? He talked about characters and character building, and and that's it. Like that's the moment for me. That's when that's when this became the Legend of Zelda, and not a Link to the Past or Link's Awakening or or anything like that. You you know what I mean? Right. Yes. That was a whole lot, and you gave me right. Just kidding. Just, I'm just I'm... saying that was a whole lot, and you pretty much <laughs> hit it right on the head, man. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to sit here and dissent when I'm in agreement? This the series is like great, and <laughs> you know. No, I like to tease you. I like to tease you. I know I talk too much. I talk way too much. I don't give room for anyone else to talk. Sorry, listeners. All right. Next praise. Who's the next person on the list that heaps praise on the series, Rob? Steven says, this game is the highest rated game on Metacritic, and for good reasons. It takes elements from every other game that existed before it and multiplied it several times over. Almost 12 years later... I can play Ocarina of Time and still see things that it does that games of this 2010 decade cannot do. It stands the test of time and will forever be in my heart as the greatest game of all time ever in the world. Many games have tried to conquer that title. All have failed. I'm more than happy to say that. Also on Metacritic, user Zelgumesh writes, This is the Sgt. Peppers of gaming. It's perfect in length, the storyline is incredible, the characters are deep and likable, the dungeons have some sort of deepest puzzles a Nintendo 64 can offer. It's a masterpiece, beyond belief. And last, for our praises of the night, Joe B. on Metacritics writes, Certainly the best one-player game of all time. It mixes fantasy, role-playing, and action into a game that has a premise of a young boy with serious overtones. Themes include maturing quickly, accepting who one is, and the eternal questions of the effects of time travel. I mean, come on. The whole thing with the Shadow Temple is mind-bending. Very few games can boast a premise this rich, smart, and well thought out. Anyone who has problems with this game simply doesn't know what the word superb means. 
Sergeant Peppers of gaming. Uh, it's a bold statement, but you know, <laughs> when the shoe fits. I I I think I said all I was going to say about the characters and everything. I, I I do think that this was much better at what it did than many many games before it. It was a very big defining moment in a lot of stuff. Despite the fact that we love it and all these people love it, uh, you alluded to the fact that not everyone loves it, right? That is absolutely correct. Such as plenty, everything. Plenty, plenty of criticism here. I sent, I sent you some of these. Why don't you, why don't you read to us uh, some of the criticism, Rob? Sure thing, Dave. So first up, Ultimate Analyst writes, Adventure is fun, but does not hold up well. Water Temple is beyond annoying. Camera is beyond revolting, and it is often hard to understand what is okay to do and what is not. What I mean by that is sometimes it wants you to experiment, but then it punishes you when you get something wrong, which ironically discourages exploration. I wouldn't be so hard on it if this wasn't considered a masterpiece. I would say try it, really? If you haven't played it yet, then try it. I don't have any nostalgia for the game, so maybe that's why I'm so annoyed at all its flaws. And yes... I do think Breath of the Wild was way more fun and adventurous to play. I really take offense to that. Uh, it wants you to experiment, but punishes you when you get something wrong. Isn't that kind of the concept of experimentation? Like when it comes to video games, you know, when you don't do it right, you get punished. And that teaches you to not do it again wrong. I, I, I. I, I don't understand what's so bad about it. Where where in the world is there not a gameplay loop that, that punishes you for doing something wrong? I, I don't know. I can't wrap my head around what this dude is saying. You know, it doesn't make much sense to me, but, you know, where there's a will, there's a way, and this guy willed to find a fault with the game. And also, come on, we talk about it all the time. It's so stupid to look at things through through modern lenses it's not fair to be totally honest with you because it's just not fair so what else you got who else criticized this game well next up uh, from metacritic we have user javelino who writes i love legend of zelda but this game almost killed it for me first of all navi is so annoying this fairy always says stupid things and states the obvious 100 percent of the time second the intro to this game was horrendous and the entire first act was annoying. What? Yeah. What? I have no idea on that one. What what intro was horrendous? What 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 intro? The Navi part, maybe? And the first act? Is he talking about the Java Java run through the intestinal dungeon? That maybe? the Deku tree. I you know I don't know. I, I, I thought it was a great introduction. Well, you know, you again, know what, Javelino, fuck you. What else does he have <laughs> to say? So he goes on to say that third, the overworld and transportation was annoying. Hating on Epona? Come on, man. We shouldn't be dissecting Basically. this guy's review, but come on, Epona of all things. Horses. And then what? <sighs> Move on. Anywho, fourth, the locking system was terrible. What? Mm. What? What? Like, what else would you do? Technologically, what else would you do? Well, again, we're looking at it from rose-colored lenses, and this person likely wasn't. Yeah. So, to them, they're used to, I can free-aim. Well, you didn't have that ability back then, so... Yeah. So they go on to say that the second act was good, but the first act was so terrible that it ruined the entire experience for me. I don't understand how anyone thinks this game is a masterpiece. The only thing that's good about this game is the story. 
the overall experience is frustrating at times, and some of the bosses are bad as well. I will definitely not recommend this game to anyone. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, we won't recommend your attitude either. Oh, man. <laughs> well, and then we just, you know, I, like I said, we have people that refuse to give this game the, you know, it's due because they want to compare it to modern games like Vectus 99 here, who writes outdated and bland. Well, this may have at one time presented new and interesting ideas. They are not at all engaging or fantastic from a modern perspective. I mean, what? It, ugh, I hate that. Oh, yeah, they suck from a modern perspective. You suck from a modern perspective. I mean, <laughs> seriously, fuck off. Man, Vectus goes on the right. Coupled, coupling this with a poorly executed mechanic, frustrating tedium, and an uninteresting world, Ocarina of Time is best passed up for future games in the series or even for other games entirely. That dude, ouch. You know, for people who always want to look at these from the modern lenses, I really want to ask them a question. If your childhood self saw you now, would they be proud? Or were you, <laughs> are you the kind of person who that they did not ever want to become? If you're uh, the latter, maybe you should give these games another try. Got one more criticism for you to read, Rob. What about uh, Galactica 1310 here on Metacritic? How does, how does he feel about the game? Galactica writes, Lots of Zelda fans claim Ocarina of Time is the best Zelda, if not the best game of all time. I strongly disagree. I played up until the Fire Temple and I just couldn't finish it. The game itself was boring and the world was empty. The only places that were there were places you needed to be for the main storyline. The game lacked in charm and felt dull and bland. My favorites in the series, Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, were much better. Ocarina of Time feels linear, the puzzles are easy, the temples are uncreative, and the game just doesn't pull me in and get me hooked on it like Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. So to be honest, Ocarina of Time is really, really overrated. Rob, we started this segment with me asking how you felt about Ocarina of Time, and you have a, a generally favorable outlook on it, correct? That is correct. Do you feel it's overrated? I feel that for, again, we talked about it before. For those that didn't grow up with the game, it's definitely hard to compare it to modern games. But when you look at the game for what it was in its time, I don't think so. I don't think that it's overrated because if you are one of the people who played it from its time or you truly can look at it, avoid uh, ignoring the modern day graphics, ignoring the modern day mechanics and really understanding what this game was and how pivotal it was in that evolution of gaming, you realize that it's it's much more than just the game. And did it, you did you play it originally on an N64? I mean, I know I know it's a little bit you would have been three when this came out. So it's a little bit before your time. But did you get to play it on N64? My original playthrough was with a friend on Nintendo 64. Yes. You know, I never owned an N64. It's one of the I was a PlayStation person at the time and I have never owned an N64. I was not until about. Oh, no, I can't say that. I was about 16 when we got our first Nintendo 64. Dad and I found one at a pawn shop or no, it wasn't a pawn shop. It was a comic book store. Gotcha. I played this for the first time when it was re-released on GameCube in the Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition thing that had the had this with the Master Master uh, Quest to this and a couple other Legend I think Legend of Zelda one two and maybe maybe Maj Major Majora whatever the Majora's mask Majora's mask Majora's mask thank you 
Yeah, it was uh, The Legend of Zelda, Adventures yep. of Link, Ocarina of Time, and Mirror's Mask. That's right. Yep. Yep. That's the first time I got to play it. So so for me, I didn't play it young, young, young either. It was a little bit more in my life, but I, it still made a good impact on me. I think that this is a good game. I think that it's a great story. I think it's a creative story. I think that this is the basis for all the subsequent Zelda stories. We talked about the plot to Zelda. And honestly, when we talk about Legend of Zelda and Legend of Zelda 2 and that, we were just talking about, you know, they centered around Link. But I think after that, it more settled, centered around Zelda and the concept of saving Hyrule more so than the Triforce and Link. I think the Triforce and Link were the focal points of the first bunch. And uh, I do. I think this is a great game. I think even though I played it during the GameCube era, when arguably, if you want to talk about bland graphics and all that, they wouldn't have been a point. I still really enjoyed this game. It is, it is an excellent game. I'm still really fascinated by the, the split in the timeline. I don't know why, but I think that's super cool. Yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, it's it definitely got brought up. I had a roommate in college, Kiefer, who huge fan of Zelda. He's actually the reason that I still have the Zelda, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time for 3DS. It's actually his copy. Nice. So he's been so kind as to lend it to me for the last two and a half years while I forget to play it until now. but uh we had actually he'd actually tried sitting down with me and explaining the timelines to me and let me tell you it it still goes over my head i i know for people who have played the games it's probably much simpler but considering i've only played a few of the select titles in there namely uh, ocarina of time majora's mask and breath of the wild most recently not including the original legend of zelda you know i never really got to play those timeline splits except for Majora's Mask, and to me, that was just a continuation. It didn't really occur to me that it was a split in a timeline. Yeah. I just thought it was a continuation of Link's childhood. There's a lot of people who hate on... I really thought that Majora's Mask was really creative because it's a, it's essentially a story stuck in a time loop where you're, where you're stuck in that time loop until you break out of it, and I really like that concept. Rob, I guess uh, with that being said... What is your favorite Zelda game? It's definitely a toss-up between this and Breath of the Wild. I feel that I definitely have more time with Breath of the Wild because it's such more of an expansive universe. There's so much more to do. Obviously, it's more modern. I can take it with me on the go a lot more simple, a lot simpler than I can with Ocarina of Time. But there's just something about Ocarina of Time that no matter what I go back to, it's still enjoyable to this day. And quite frankly, I remember the game a lot more. I think back and I actually had to stop and think about any of my fights with the blights within Breath of the Wild. But you think back and you remember, I mean, not so much yourself, but I had remembered the battle with the Phantom Ganon or battling Amoeba or uh, sorry. Yeah, no, I know. Amorba. Yeah. And battling, going into Jabu Jabu, just remembering the entirety of the game. And maybe it's because it's shorter and there's a lot less to remember and it's more poignant on the story but you know 10 15 years later that story is stuck with me and who's to say that breath of the wild won't have that same lasting effect you know maybe i'm biased because of the length of time that i have the memory with yeah but true enough. i definitely think it's a toss-up between the two what about yourself i think i'm i'm really torn too between the uh, breath of the wild and one of the one of the older ones i really 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 enjoyed breath of the wild i think it was a uh, uh, absolutely brilliant 
I guess reboot because it takes the same story but puts it puts it into a totally different lens. I guess is the way. But for me personally, you know, the, the we've talked about it before, and we'll come back to it. The Super Nintendo era was just my era. That was my influential gaming era, where I have the most, you know, when I was a kid, and I have the most fond memories of of playing video games. So a link to the past for me is is kind of the one I look back fondly nostalgia wise and I want to go back to time and time again. So although I will tell you that I hope sometime to be able to pick up the remake of Link's Link's Awakening because I think that was a good game and I'm looking forward to seeing that redone in a modern way. Awesome. Well, Rob, uh, before we head away from Ocarina Time, is there anything that I missed or didn't bring up or, or so on and so forth that you'd like to add to the conversation? You know, I think we've ran this one to ground pretty well. I Obviously, there's probably some small things we're forgetting here and there. But this is one of those games that if you haven't played it, try it. It's You may be disappointed. I can't guarantee you're going to love the game. But I can say that it's something that you should try. Give it a whirl. See how you feel. Play the original. Play it on the 3DS. Play it on the GameCube. Play it on an emulator, however you want to play it. Just give it a try. See what you feel, and try and look at it as a game that was pivotal in the evolution of gaming. Try and look at it without looking at it through modern lenses, and try to have fun. If you it's get down fun. to the bottom of it, it's a fun game. And, you know, it's not for everyone, but there's a lot of different things in the game that I'm sure you'll find something that you really enjoy about it. So, give it a try. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear it. All right, Rob. Gaming question of the week. You ready for it? Hit me. Have you ever wanted to live in a world from a video game? If so, which one and why? Hmm. That's a mighty big question. I know. Isn't that a good one? Any knee-jerk reactions to it? I mean, you think about it. You know, Call of Duty having multiple lives is kind of a cool concept. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I guess I don't think about it like that. When I think of world like I think of what worlds I want to live in. And then I think about what worlds are the best ones that have drawn me in and whether or not I want to live in them. So for instance, like I think about what I want to live in, say, Red Dead Redemption, which I don't know because some of that's brutal. Would I want to live in Horizon Zero Dawn, which is post apocalyptic? I don't know, pretty brutal. Last of Us has an expansive world. I don't know if I want to live in zombie world. You know what I mean? Um, the Witcher 3 has an amazing world, but it's full of monsters. That's a big no for me, boss. I don't know, man. I I, I try to think about, like, it, it is. It's a huge question, and I don't, I don't know. No Man's Sky, maybe? That'd be pretty cool. Getting to, getting to live in, in all those really weird, wacky planets. As long as the Sentinels weren't after you, I don't, I don't know. No, that would be pretty interesting, you know. Uh, similarly, Skyrim, Skyrim. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to suggest Skyrim is definitely one, but again, your argument earlier was the monsters, and well, Skyrim is full of dragons. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, how about Elder Scrolls universe in general? I'm sure you could find a nice, cozy place to to. Uh call home that maybe doesn't have dragons i don't know that you could uh, similarly you could also join the marine corps in space and stop the orbiters and join the halos 
That's join Master good... Chief yeah. and uh, defend the Halo. I I don't know if I have an answer to this. I don't I don't know if there's a world that I would want to live in per se. I I guess when we think about worlds that we want to live in, I think more like idyllic worlds, you know, places that you can relax and settle down. And the whole point behind video games is conflict. If there wasn't any conflict, for the most part, we wouldn't have games. There'd be no driving point in the plot. And so I don't really know if I care to retire to any any place that's constantly in conflict with itself, which I, I don't know, man. I, that's kind of why I think about like Red Dead Redemption, because Red Dead Redemption is just the Wild Wild West. And you could find some big piece of land in a ranch in the middle of nowhere and just go until cowboys and Indians take you down. I, I guess I can't find any. Fuck this place. Everything's evil. Yeah. Yeah, that it is. I don't know. There's nothing there's nothing that really stands out to me. I, I think that I've definitely gotten lost in some of these worlds. But is it something I'd want to necessarily live my life in? I don't know because I've never been in that world truly, and I don't know what you really would be feeling. The constant fear, the the denial, the excitement. It, you know, I just, I, I don't know. That's a phenomenal question, and definitely something that I'll, I would love to hear. Anyone, has anyone ever given this a thought? Thought, you know, this world sounds like a ton of fun to live in. I would love to escape the reality that I'm in, and just plug myself into this game and be a member. Yeah. Well, there we go. The answer is no. Apparently, neither one of us have found another world that we want to live in. Although, talk to me in uh, about two weeks when Cyberpunk comes out, because I may change my mind. Rob, let's say somebody is interested in telling us what world they want to live in. Where so could they do that? Well, Dave... The best way to do that would be to visit our website at memorycardlane.com. From there, you can get a little more information about the episodes, maybe see some of these reviews we're talking about. You know, maybe Dave will post the gaming question, get you guys a little bit of input. And there, you can find a link to our Discord. You go to our Discord, you join that, ask the questions, answer some questions, ask us questions. Who knows? Maybe we'll feature your question as the next gaming question of the week. What else can they find on MemoryCardLane.com, Dave? You can join our Patreon. You can find past episodes. You can find goofy pictures of us. Not really. They're nice pictures, but we look goofy. You can also find links to our social media. I am on Twitter as David underscore is underscore wrong. And Rob, what are you doing on social media these days? I can be found playing games on Twitch under the name Fat Boy Rips. F A T B O I R I P Z. Awesome. Well, before we take it out for the week, anything that you'd like to say to our listening audience? As you've all come to expect by now, I just got to say thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We love what we do. We hope you love it too. And if not, come tell us about it. We'd love to hear your guys' dissenting opinions. You know, that's what's a world without conflict, right? Without it, we wouldn't have video games, like Dave said. Very true. Truer words have never been smoking. Smoking? <laughs> that boy rips. Uh, true, truer words have never been smoked. <laughs> I'm done. I'm out. Okay, that's, that's the place to call it. So, next week, 
we're going to be heading back to December of 1980. The final month to the beginning of the 80s brought us the beginnings of one of the best-selling game series of all time. In fact, this video game character is universally recognized as being the most most recognizable mascot in the entire most recognizable video game mascot in the entire world. Get ready for talk about food as we discuss pizza, cherries, and the eating of flashing ghosts as we delve into Namco's Pac-Man franchise. We'll talk about how eating is a central element to the game design and how it became the theme crucial to the success of Pac-Man, as well as other things as we take next week's trip down memory card lane. <laughs> wow, that was wow. awful. That was yeah, do it awful again. rendition. Do it, do it again. Well, there was a purpose behind it, Dave. You did, do you know what the sound was? What was that? Pac-Man? No, that's the opening of the chests in Zelda. We out. <laughs>